So guys, we're doing things a little bit differently. I'm not quite sure where to look. Look at the camera, look at the people, look at the... I'm just going to look everywhere if that's okay. But it really is so cool to be back together in some way like this and to be having... Hey, says my hair okay? Oh, oh. <laughs> says it's his hair. I'm worried I put my cap on and I'm sitting here looking like Donald Duck. Anyway. So guys, we're doing week three, or, uh, week three of the series, The Way of Jesus. And in preaching the series, The Way of Jesus, the heart of it is that we don't just want to talk concepts. Our relationship with Jesus is real and alive. And Jesus was a real and alive person who walked on the earth, who got his feet dirty, his sandals were dusty. Um, you know, he ate food, he went to the toilet. He, you know, he was like an honest, real person. He had a voice. He spoke. People heard him. And so what we really felt as a team during this, um, this series, The Way of Jesus, is what would it be like to walk with Jesus? And what can we learn about how Jesus walked out? And um, just to alleviate people's fears, I'd sent out the message this week and said we're making a big announcement. And guys are sending me messages. Please tell me you guys aren't relocating overseas. Please tell me there's not some new disease coming from China that you've heard about and no one else has or whatever. Don't worry. It's none of that stuff. It's amazing news, really good news, which we'll get to towards the end. And it kind of ties in with this morning's sermon. So this morning, um, we're going to be reading... Uh, up front from Philippians chapter 2, reading from verse 5, it says this, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And here's the crazy thing about Jesus, and, and what I'd like to talk about today is this, the way of Jesus is the way of Jesus. The, one of the things he modeled for us when he was on the earth is Jesus didn't walk around floating this high above the ground, glowing like a Christmas candle and having it all together. Jesus walked around on the earth as a man, 100% God, but also 100% man. And everything he did was inspired and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't run cheat codes, if you like. You know, in the, I don't know if you've ever played a computer game and it's like too hard and you're like, oh, stop it. And you go find the Google online, find the cheat codes, make yourself invincible, give yourself the biggest gun or sword or whatever it is, and you just mow everyone down and you just finish the game in half an hour. I also don't do that. <laughs> Never. But Jesus didn't do that when he lived his life out on earth because he understood that he was also modeling for us how we should live. And if he'd lived like that, we wouldn't have been able to look at him and go, well, we can live our life like him. Jesus was like everything he did was empowered and led by the Holy Spirit so that we could do the same. That's why he was able to say the same works that I've done and even greater you will do. So here's, here's today's thing, that the way of Jesus today is the way that's filled with the Holy Spirit absolutely filled. Jesus resisted temptation. He endured suffering and he lived this incredibly impactful life because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's not possible to live that life without being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now today, this isn't going to be the typical preach about the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. Usually when we preach this, we go to Pentecost and we talk about, you know, uh, go wait until the Holy Spirit comes on you and you receive power to be my witnesses. Um, if you've been in church for longer than a year, you probably would have heard that preached a thousand times. I'd like to take a slightly different angle on today and talk about what, what it was like for Jesus walking each moment. Not so much the mission, but what it was like for Jesus walking each day in step with the Holy Spirit. And so Mark chapter 1, reading from verse 9 to 11, it says, In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. 
Now, the only miracle Jesus has performed up to this point is the wedding at Cana, where he turned water into wine. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. And there's two things that Jesus needed at the beginning of his ministry to encourage him and to, and not for his sake, but for our sake, because everything Jesus was doing was modeling it for us. And so up front, the father speaks over Jesus and says, this is my son. And friends, I don't think it's possible for us, and we'll look at the Father later on. It's not possible to live out this mission with Jesus and live out what he's called us to if we're struggling in our identity and we don't know that we're the sons and daughters of God. Because then what are we, the laborers of God? We're going to earn it from God? We're going to try and, no, we are the children of God. He's our Father. And so the first thing he settles is that. But then after that, he needed the infilling power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish his task. In John 16, 13, Jesus says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into the, all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. And so I'm going to kind of preach out of that text today and talk about the first sentence and the second sentence. So the first sentence says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. So the first thing about the Holy Spirit, these are the two points today, is the Holy Spirit leads us not into your best life now, not into health, wealth, and prosperity, not into it's all going to be perfect. He leads us into all truth. And that kind of runs a little bit countercultural to maybe what we would like, because when we go look right at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, so the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. Wonderful. So where did the Holy Spirit lead Jesus? Hey, did he lead him up to that temple and Jesus stood there with his, you know, like because God exists out of time, he like zoomed a sound system back in time and Jesus stood there with his guitar on the roof, because I'm a guitar and just like busted out a guitar solo like Brian Mayer on the roof of Buckingham Palace and just blew everyone away and then just preached this incredible, no. How did it start? Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Hey, is that so encouraging? Yay, thank you, Holy Spirit. That's what I was dreaming of happening. I can't wait. Yeah, not so much. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And when I say this up front, I think we need a theology around God and around the Holy Spirit that embraces the truth that the Holy Spirit is with us in the wilderness. Because it's too easy to think that the wilderness is God's anger, it's a holding pattern, it's uh, being put on the shelf, but actually it's a place to go be with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was there with Jesus in the wilderness. I can kind of think of the Holy Spirit as this person who gives me goosebumps and makes me glow and I walk around just popping out prophetic words at spa and everyone's just amazed as we stand there looking at the nest quick. I just say to the person next to me, God said this, and they just start glowing and I'm amazing. I mean, there's the elements of the supernatural, yes, but also the Holy Spirit is with us. And this is what I'm trying to emphasize today. The Holy Spirit is with us. The way of Jesus is that the Holy Spirit is with us. He empowers us, but even more importantly, he is with us in the wilderness. We need a theology that embraces that God is still good despite the wilderness. The wilderness isn't a sign of whether God is good or not. And also the wilderness is no sign of the pleasure or displeasure of God. By the same token, just because things seem to be going well in our life doesn't mean that God is with us. 
It's too easy for us to live this kind of, you know, looking at all the signs of my life and thinking because of what's going on, therefore. It's an incredibly dangerous place to be in. And Jesus wasn't governed by the circumstances around him. He was governed by, I'm with the Holy Spirit. I'm walking with the Holy Spirit. That's where the, that peace came from. It didn't come from, everything's comfortable, therefore I'm at peace. He came, the Holy Spirit is with me, so it doesn't matter where I am, therefore I am at peace. And can I say this? I think for South Africa at the moment, never mind South Africa, the whole world at the moment, to be honest, the last five or six months has felt a little bit like a wilderness. I think. But friends, the beauty of this story is that this teaches that the Holy Spirit is with us in the wilderness. He's there, and he's leading us. And he's still got a plan, and he's got something to say to us. God is good. God is still good in the wilderness. God's not angry with us. God is for us, and, he, and he's got something that he wants to do. I love this. When Jesus went into the wilderness, he didn't just go into the wilderness to go into a, a holding pattern, you know, find a cave and sit there and be sad. The reason Jesus was sent into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit was to defeat the pretender, right, who was trying to usurp God, which is the enemy. Now, he would never usurp God. I mean, the, the, thought, of, the, the thought of it is ridiculous. He's so small. There's, there's no chance. But Satan wanted to be like God. And Jesus had a specific mandate to go into the wilderness. And I'd like to say this for us. Many of us are looking to win spiritual battles. And we want to win these spiritual battles. Some of the stuff that we're dealing with on the inside. Some of the stuff that we are wrestling through. And it is not possible to win those spiritual battles. Right? If we aren't in the wilderness. If we keep running away from the wilderness, we're never going to find. The wilderness is where spiritual battles are won. And the reason the spiritual battles are won in the wilderness is because when we're not in the wilderness and we're around people, when I see a battle, I don't see it as spiritual. I see it as carnal. And so what I do is I start fighting people. I start having go to everybody. And God's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, you can't see the wood for the trees. I'm going to take you out into the wilderness and you're going to see the battle for what it is. It's a spiritual battle. Oh, so... That, that, um, and we end up fighting the wrong things. Ephesians 6.12, for our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. That's the real fight. But too often when we're surrounded by people and everything's comfortable and everything's going on, when someone has a go at me, I don't see it for what it is. I don't see it as the spiritual thing for what it is. I see it as a, that person's an idiot. And so there's a few of us who've got road rage and, and issues in the traffic. And so <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine this week. He's telling me about another road accident, road issue that he had, and it was a bit of a confrontation in traffic. I said to him, but I promise you, there is a demon that has been specifically assigned to send ridiculous drivers your way. And you keep reacting, dude. Like, rather than... Wanting to beat the heck out of them. I don't know. Maybe you should just get out your car and just start, put your, like, aim your hand at them and just start speaking in tongues. They'll freak them out. Something crazy. Can you imagine if someone did that to you in traffic? You might get shot. But, so, so I said to him, I promise you, this seems like more of a spiritual battle because, like, I've never had this many. Like, it happens to you almost weekly. Like, what's going on, you know? Anyway, it's a spiritual battle, whatever. When we look around the world at the moment, guys, the, the loss in terms of time, money, and other resources, it's been incalculable. I know that, right? It's been, this has been the craziest whatever year. 
I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, all the guys who were prophesying at the beginning, the year, oh, 20, plenty, hallelujah. I'm like, yo, whatever, bro. Like you even heard God. In faith, maybe they were saying that. But the amazing thing is, despite all of that, the Holy Spirit has been with us. And I can say this without a doubt. When we look at what God has done during this time, we can't say for a second that God has abandoned us. He was there at every point along the journey. This season that we've been in, has, it hasn't been and never will be a season that we were just meant to survive. It's kind of a switch that went in my head a while ago where I realized no matter what season we're in, God has a plan in that season. God has a go forward in that season. God has a purpose. God is with us. There is no season ever where God goes, the world's on pause. And his plan stops. It doesn't matter what happens on the earth. God's God's plan runs through eternity like a juggernaut and just keeps moving. He's got these incredible plans and purposes for us. And when Jesus was in the wilderness, he had an enemy to defeat, and he did it. And can I, I just want to share a few testimonies, because we don't often get to share testimonies about stuff, because we get to see them so much. But guys, we have kicked some butt during this time. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like, I could use some stronger language, you know, but I'm not going to. But it's been amazing to see what God has during, done during this time. Graham and, Graham and Abs are here. They got married during lockdown. There have been a couple of other weddings as well, right? People have got saved during the season and joined the church. Guys who've been far away from church, I don't even know how they found us. Guys in other countries, guys in other cities, guys in Gauteng, guys in Joburg have found the church and got knitted in and a part of connect groups at the prayer meeting. To say that God has abandoned us or God hasn't been with us, I just think is, it's so, we've all had our personal struggles, right? The stuff that we've had to work through. But in the bigger picture, God has still been at work. We've been able to celebrate that. We've been able to pray together weekly. We've got this uh, prayer meeting on a Tuesday night, which is really groovy. We've been able to do daily devotionals to feed the church and to be able to inspire people. And the team has grown, so Hakes, you're on Friday. You know that. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> so I don't have to phone later to remind you, but you already knew. Okay, whatever. Cool. But like, there's a team of us that are doing the devotionals together. And it's such a privilege that when Jesus restores Peter, he says to Peter, the first thing I want you to do, two out of the three things is feed my sheep, feed my lambs, feed people. And we don't consider it our right, but it's such a privilege to be able to feed people, such a privilege to be able to bless people and to be able to speak daily to the church. That, ha- that wouldn't have been possible if not for this season. If you told me last year that we'd be doing this, I would have told you you are out of your mind. I mean, look, a lot of stuff we would have said, you're out of your mind, but... It's been a thing, and I believe during this time, even talking to some of, our, to some of the businesses in the church, God has provided strategic business ideas and partnerships, and guys are finding a way, and the Holy Spirit in the wilderness with us is giving us ideas, and we're finding our way. Why? Because he's doing what? He's leading us into all truth in all of these things. I believe that an enemy has been defeated in the wilderness during this time. I really do. I think he thought it would see the downfall, and it's been the complete opposite. He's woken up a sleeping giant. He poked the bear, and now the bear's biting back because Jesus is still at work. It's amazing. The church is standing up. I love seeing that across. The church is no longer Sunday-centric and obsessed with a meeting. We're like 24-7, 365, like we're going at it, the mission of Jesus. Those who've been isolated and disconnected are starting to come in and rallying under the banner of Jesus and realizing you know what, I want my life to count for something. I don't just want to go down quietly. 
And I believe we get to take these victories into our future. Some of the victories that we've won during this time. You know, every year around, we don't have Thanksgiving in South Africa, but we had a couple, Mason and Bethany, who were with us for a while from the States. And they kind of instituted Thanksgiving a little bit on us, because Americans just like to take over, right? <laughs> so Mason and Beth, like, we would have Thanksgiving every year with them. And, but one of the things we realized was, you know, it, it's around the, tw- I think it's 24th or 25th or 26th, somewhere 26th of November. So every year, the week, the Sunday after that, we have a big Thanksgiving Sunday as a church. So we just do it together, and we have share testimonies. And we are going to have the mother of all Thanksgiving Sundays on the 29th of November. You can put it in your diary right now, guys, because God has done stuff. We're collecting the testimonies and wanting to hear what God says about that. So anyway, so that's the first part. The Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. And guys, he's been leading us into all truth during this time, right? Not leading us into all comfort or all niceness or fluffiness, into all truth. The second part of that, that verse, John 16, 13, so the first part, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. The second part says, he will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. And so the second thing, he leads us into all truth, but he also will tell us what is to come. He will tell us. So he doesn't just lead us blindly, but he also speaks to us about what is to come. And this is a super tricky one. But I'm learning this lesson as I'm getting old. I can say that now. I told someone the other day I was like 41 or something, and they go, no, John, you, you're 43. Are you like in denial? And I realized I'm getting to that stage of my life. Where I'm, you know when you're younger, you always tell people you're older? Now I'm telling people I'm younger than I actually am. It's like, oh, what's happening to me? Anyway, but I'm learning this lesson as time goes on, that the provision for the future is in the future. That God hasn't promised us a map. He's promised us a guide. It's a little bit like the Comrades Marathon. If a Comrades runner had to set out on his run with all the water he was going to need to get to the end, can you imagine how, I mean, it would look ridiculous. I don't know how he'd do it if he strapped the little water sachets all around him or if he'd balanced one of those like water things on his head. You know, like those beer things at the rugby, but he's got like water with a little blue bull horns and whatever and like there he goes <laughs> running the provision the comrades runner sets off running knowing that the provision for the run is on the run it's there on the run for him and he will find it as he gets there and i'm learning this that i don't have to know beforehand everything that's going to happen why because the everything i'm going to need for that journey will be there on the journey with me i can relax and lean into that i can be super chill about it it's not psychobabble. This isn't like God's got me. It's real. This is like honest on the, on the road. Because I think if God had shown us the journey that we would have walked this year in January-ish, most of us would have been found somewhere in a dark p- corner of our house in the fetal position sucking our thumbs, trying to phone our moms. I just like, I Graphic picture. Maybe not everybody. We, some of us would have responded in other ways. But... I don't think we would have signed up for this. But we are able to get to where we are now and go, God has been good because he has been with us. He he has been able to tell us um, what is to come. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. He will tell you what is yet to come. There's no map given. 
But there is a guide who walks with us, the Holy Spirit, each moment of every day. It's not a momentary performance thing. And I think that's the problem with the Holy Spirit in our thinking sometimes. We think the Holy Spirit is like a genie, like the little blue guy from Aladdin. He gives us three wishes. And if you do enough good stuff, he'll refresh those every day. And so we go to the Holy Spirit, and he can do the magical stuff that God, you know. No, the Holy Spirit, and, and this is what's so important about it. It's not the moments with the Holy Spirit. It's the daily walking with the Holy Spirit in step with Him. It's so important. I'm going to tell the story, but please don't be angry with me, babes. <laughs> I, I didn't have it down on the piece of paper. We were the other day at this game reserve called Dinner King. And Cindy was doing the directions. But she hadn't looked at the map for a while because we'd been driving for a while. So we'd been driving for a bit. And then, so I'm like, babes, I don't know where we are on the reserve. Can you have a look? So she picks up the map. And then she's like, I don't know where we are. And then I leaned across, and the map was upside down. Okay. <laughs> and we're laughing with Cindy with this because it's happened to all of us, right? But, but the, point, the point of the story is this, that the, the, the guiding of the Holy Spirit isn't just like, I'm going to go through life, do it my own way, and then when I hit a crisis, now I'm going to tr suddenly try to pull out the map and find what's going on. Now he's with us every moment of the way. He's like, turn left, turn right, go straight. We never get lost on the journey. That's his intention for us. He isn't just this stopping when I feel lost. He should, it's that daily walking with him. I want to show you two quick pics from our time away. Cindy and I were recently on a, on a little bit of a time away. Can you pop up the first pic, bricks for me, the, the one with Thor, the, uh, the big king. So everyone can see this. This is a 4.2 meter king cobra, Thor. Now, I, just, I had to work this in some way, but this snake is huge. If you look on his head, that the reason his head's so lumpy is those are two venom glands, right? It's got the largest yield of, you know, or the second largest yield. of it. When this thing bites you, two hypodermics go in, and it pumps enough venom to just wipe you out. This thing is massive. But can I tell you something? Because I was there with my mate Dingo, who owns this snake and knows Thor inside out and backwards, I wasn't afraid for a second. Cindy, if you look in the background there, is terrified. She's hiding around the corner, just peeping there. I'm not trying to be brave or be a rock star, because I'm not. But I wasn't afraid for a second. You know what? I was able to enjoy the wonder of interacting with this incredible animal. Why? Because there was someone with me who knew what was going on. He knew that animal. He knew the situation. And the difference between it being a potentially life-threatening situation and being flippin' awesome, and I can't believe I got to do that, was my mate Dingo who knew exactly what was going on. And friends, that's the thing about the Holy Spirit. Cool, we can flip off that back onto the camera, thanks. Um, that's the thing that's so amazing. When the Holy Spirit is with us, he's able to take situations that would usually scare the living whatever out of us. And they turn into this incredible adventure that's just like, wow, I can't believe I got to do that. There's a second picture I'd like to show you as well. And this is also, I'm not a brave man or a, um, a hero or anything. I wonder if we can pop that other one up, Bricks. Okay, so this is me at, the, at this place we go fishing at every year. And I, let me give you a little bit of context. What happens is there's this place called Shark Point. It's an amazing place to fish. Everyone talks about Shark Point, but what they don't talk about is the, the, the yawning chasm just before you get there, and the little bridge, now you can't see, but that bridge is tilted at like 20 degrees to one side. I don't know who built it, but it wasn't an engineer, Dev. Like, it, this, this thing is squonky, and it's terrifying. But this is, the, this is amazing, and I would never go across that thing. 
But it is two and a half kilometers from where you stay. So you've already walked the whole journey. And so my guy who is showing me the way didn't tell me, he doesn't tell you about the bridge up front. So I tell him, I want to go fishing at Shark Point. He says, cool, let's go. So I'm following him faithfully down the path. I'm so excited. We're going to Shark Point and I'm going to catch a shark. Now I've walked two and a half kilometers and eventually I've got to this place. And we come around the corner and here is hell in front of me, yawning with his jaws open, wanting to eat me. So I'm not a brave man. I was happy to crawl across. And I did that on all fours, slowly crawled across the bridge, got to the other side and had a wonderful time. This is the point. The Holy Spirit doesn't always tell us what's coming up front because we wouldn't leave our accommodation if, we did, if he did. And he's not being sneaky. He just knows that we really do want to go fishing at Shark Point. But if he told us everything that was entailed in the journey, we probably wouldn't start out. And so there come these moments where he walks us and walks us and walks us. And eventually we've got that last little bridge. And it's ugly how we get there. You know, we don't, we don't get there looking amazing, right? We get there looking a bit ragged and a bit worse for wear. But we made it to the other side. And it was awesome. And I took this photo of me crawling across the bridge and I posted it online. I said, I'm not a brave man, but I made it across. You wouldn't believe the response I got from fishermen all over South Africa sending their own photos of themselves crawling across. Some guys sent videos of them crawling across and they were like, legit, I did it too, but it was worth it. And can I say this, guys, for us this year, like maybe this whole season has been a bit crazy, but the Holy Spirit has been leading us over those mountains, the two and a half kilometers walking there. And we haven't known. And, and then some of us have got to this bridge and some of us have crawled across. Some of us dangled across underneath, just hanging onto the side. Others of us, we did flick flacks across. You know, you guys are ninjas. But God has, he has been with us every step of the journey. There is someone who knew what was coming and he hasn't been caught out. So as a leadership team, what we've tried to do and during this, this season, we've tried as closely as possible to walk faithfully in step with the Holy Spirit. We've done our best to do that. And people have been asking us this question. So when do we resume real life? When do we go back to doing church the normal way of doing things? And I've been saying it to God. I mean, like, God, what, you know, when do we do this? God, what about this? And God's like, just keep following me. Keep in step with me. But God, I'm worried about how will we know when to do what? Just keep following me, and I'll show you the way forward. And so we've drawn huge faith from that, knowing that when the season comes and when things shift and when we meet again on Sundays or whatever the thing is, we'll know when it's our time. And as a, someone who's super strategic and a planner, that's terrifying for me. I don't like to walk like this with God. I like to be like, oh, over there, God, okay, I'll check you there. And off I go. That's, that's kind of my space I like to get to. And during this time, I, I felt while we were away, as we're talking a bit about the future, I felt God begin to talk to me about how small and petty our vision would be if we go into him and saying, God, when can we all meet back in our building? If that's the big plan, friends, we sunk. That's not a big plan. That's going backwards. I'm like, God, what's the thing that you have for us? What's the purpose that you have for us as a church? What's the big picture? Because it's got to be more than when, you know, I love the coffee. I mean, it's great to be back here. And just for the guys who are at home, the coffee this morning, it's like a kiss from Jesus. Honestly, just to be home again and, and doing this, has been a, it's been really, really cool. And I felt God begin to speak to me and say, John, don't despise this season that you've had as a church. And don't despise the technology that you've been able to use. 
that when Peter was lying on the rooftop and God was calling him to go preach to the Gentiles, and Peter was like, those guys, like, we Jews, we don't talk to the Gentiles. And God lowers this blanket with all these animals that were unclean, and he says to Peter, kill and eat. And Peter goes, I don't, you know, I've never eaten anything unclean. And God says, don't call anything I've created unclean. I thought God said to us, don't be in a rush to run away from everything that you're doing and go back to something that you think is better. I've given you this technology for a season. Don't spit on it. Because it's very easy. I think in Acts chapter 17, I love this, Paul's preaching to the, um, the guys in Ephesus. And they, they don't know God at all. They don't know Jesus. And Paul's standing on the side of the hill and he says, I want to I tell you about a God that you don't know about. He says, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. He does not live in temples built by human hands. He is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. And this is the amazing thing. We feel, and looking at this, we know that God is not a God who's, who is limited to temples built by human hands, right? He's not served by human hands. This text tells us as if he needed anything. And he gives life and breath. He has marked out the appointed times in history and the boundaries of our lands. He has appointed all of that stuff for us. And so at the beginning of this year, and I've uploaded this sermon, and can I encourage you, if you do get a chance, Pop onto the podcast and listen to it. I preached a sermon on the 13th of de, uh, January, uh, which it was our birthday. Um, and I spoke about how God was wanting to transplant us as a church. And I listened to it again last night. And like, it's, it's actually pretty scary when you think about wh where the world is at now and what God has done getting us out of our building and getting us online and doing all this kind of stuff. It's exactly what he was doing. And I felt like God was whispering to us. We didn't hear it for what it was. But it's amazing when you listen to that sermon and where we are now, how the two have lined up. God knew then already, and he'd already spoken to us. So go have a listen. So we heard God clearly, and I, I feel like we've heard, we've been hearing him together as a team up to this point, and I feel like we've heard God for our next season. And that's what I'd like to talk about um, to us as a team and to finish off the sermon today. So what's the big announcement? This is the thing. Sunday meetings through church history have been like the holiest of holy cows. You don't touch someone's Sunday meeting. Don't touch me on my studio, right? Like you don't, you don't touch someone's, for churches, Sunday meeting is like this holy sacrosanct moment. And specifically the way Sunday meetings run. And what I love during this time, Jesus has come and he has re-emphasized being church, not doing church during this time. One of the things we've been quite careful as a leadership team is saying, okay, when we go back to doing some of the things or adding some of the things that we haven't done up till now, Jesus has been so carefully in lining up that cow and putting a bullet in it, we don't want to be resurrecting something which he doesn't want to give any life to. We want to stay in the life in the river of God. And so, what is, what, everyone's like, John, what the hell are you trying to say? Let me, let me explain what I'm trying to say. Going forward into the foreseeable future, Center Church is both an online church and an in-person church. We are adding in-person to online. We're not replacing it. And so our Sunday meetings, we, we've got two meetings now on a Sunday, online and in-person. 
we don't we don't feel like the technology was something that we should spit at or, or not have you know not give it was great for a time but this is much better there's different elements and I'm I, I know all the qualifiers and I'll talk to you about how we can interact if you'd like going forward friends we have an incredible um, prayer meeting on a Tuesday night where we meet online as we've had moments at that prayer meetings the guys who've been at the prayer meeting we had one prayer meeting where the presence of God came on all of us who were in that meeting but separate right we're all in our houses no one spoke for 10 minutes we didn't know how to end the meeting we just sat there we're like and eventually we just had to remember that one time again it was beautiful and you, what do you say we just like oh, I guess this is the children's bread this is the father just meeting with us and ministering to us we don't consider the tech that God has made available to us to be a poor substitute it's just different right so we have two meetings on a Sunday online and in person when I said that we've seen people saved and people come back to church, that's happened online. I mentioned the pre-meeting. Our connect groups going forward are both online and in person. So we're looking at training specific online connect group leaders to run online connect groups. Now, I don't think this works everywhere in the world, but I think God is speaking to us specifically about Johannesburg. This is a busy city. And so our Lone Hill Connect Group, we had a conversation on Thursday night about it. And so Lone Hill meets every second week. So we're going to do... One week in the month, we're going to do online on Zoom, and then the fourth, so the second week of the month, and then the fourth week of the month, our second meeting, we're going to dinner together, face to face, and hang out. Why? Because we can. Right? We're not afraid. And I think when we've got fear and run away from this thing and say, oh, technology is so bad, it's so, we are losing something that God has given us to be able to be effective and to reach people. Our musicians have grown and developed, guys, during this time. Center Church worship has become a thing on its own that's been ministering to people way beyond Center Church. Across the world, people have been reached through, through our worship and our music. And this week, we're meeting to discuss the best way to make this, all these recordings we've done available to people through Spotify, maybe, or through Apple Music or whatever, just to be able to bless people. Something God has done during this time, and if it wasn't for this wilderness where the Holy Spirit led us into all truth and showed us the way, and so we're going to keep doing that. We'll have live music eventually here in the building, obviously, and, but, the, and but we'll be broadcasting that as well online. We'll continue with our daily devotionals online because we count it such an amazing privilege to be able to speak and encourage the church on a daily basis. And I only want to make one qualifier if I can today. So that's kind of the, the, the headliner of it. I want to make one qualifier. And I, I, I don't want to have to make all the qualifiers. We can talk about it going forward, but... We've always said that each person is responsible for their own journey before God. And so I think for some of us, it probably is not helpful for us to be online. Some of us have grown a little bit insular. We've become very comfortable at, in our homes. And this online meeting that we're running isn't for comfort's sake. It's for effectiveness sake, to be able to reach, to be able to bless. That's, that's the point of it. So some of us need to get off our backsides and be here on a Sunday. Others of us not. Each of us need to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. We don't ever want to say, guys, we've got a gun to someone's head. We're pulling the plug on this thing. You better be back. Why? Because Jesus heads this church. Jesus leads this church. Jesus has brought incredible people into the church who aren't able to make it every Sunday. Right? And so we're able to use these incredible tools that he's given us that we've been able to learn about over this time to be effective. This isn't for convenience sake, for the, and, but for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of reach. He says, go into all the world. Go into all the world. And so, how do we get involved in this? Three things, and then we're done. I know I've preached for a bit today. It's been a bit long, but here we go. The last three things, and then we're going to put the airplane down. 
Number one, please keep in step with the Holy Spirit. You keep in step with the Holy Spirit. What's he saying to you? Hear what he has to say to you. How should you be involved? Should, if you haven't had a chance to drop in at the prayer meeting, pop in at the prayer meeting. If you're not in a connect group, pop into a connect group. Get a hold of Lance and Kerry. Um, you can send a message on the, on the WhatsApp groups and we can uh, send you the details. But integrate. Because the reason we're doing this is to make it available for all of us to stand up. Remember I spoke about that sleeping giant that's starting to stand up. Someone poked the bear and here she comes. Here he, she comes, the bride of Christ, the bear. If you follow the analogy. Um, but it's amazing. And I think God is calling all of us to be part of that surge. So keep in step with the Holy Spirit. The second thing is a really practical thing. And you know we don't talk about money super often as a church. But every year around about this time, towards the end of the year, we do a small building project. Last year we did the kids. On the years before that, we, did the, uh, we upgraded the sound system for the bands. There have been little things that we've done along the way. And right at the beginning, and I always tell this story, but before Center Church was even planted, a group of guys, when Cindy and I were still sitting in Moy River, they put a quarter of a million rand in a bank account. We didn't even know about it. When we told the church, when we told the church we were part of, we're going to go plant this church in Joburg, these guys got together, they put this money in a bank account, and when we came to Joburg and we were about to start the meeting, we're like, what do we do? Guys drove up from Moy River and they were like, here's a bank card, get started. They were investing in a church they would never be part of, those guys in Moy River. And so for me, what we've done to be able to do this well, I don't want online to be any worse than in person. I don't want in person to be worse than online. We want to do online well. And so we've hired some gear. We've spent the last couple of weeks working out what we need to get to be able to make this work well. And so the total bill is around 80, 85,000 rand, which is quite a lot. I, I get that. But what we've also been able to do during the course of lockdown is we've been quite frugal. We've been able to save. And so we've already got 50 grand of that. And so thank you for the guys who've been generous, who've been giving. We've been saving and not just wasting money. And that's, I'm not talk, this is not money that's coming as offerings for people who are in, in a hard place or people who've been struggling. This is over and above. We've been able to bless people and care for people. This is over and above that. The church has been so incredibly generous. And so we've already got 50K of it sorted, done, bang, done and dusted. We've bought some of the stuff already. And so we need to raise the last 35K. We'll smack that and you know, get going with what God has for us. So for the next two months, for September and October, we're going to open our building project and we'll, we'll send out the banking details. Guys, with everything in this church, all of our giving is anonymous. We don't twist people's arms. We don't like, give you a guilt trip. We're not threatening anyone. We, the reason I'm saying this up front, we are doing this, is because I don't want to say, if you want us to keep doing this, you have to. I'm not saying we are going to do this because God has given this to us. And we're saying, come along on the journey. So many guys have said to us was, we would have loved to have been around there in the beginning. Do you remember Gray? It was like this, but in that little classroom, Gray, Gray was there in the beginning with Tenille. Like it was, it was pretty much like this. And this is an opportunity for us, in a sense, to plant another aspect of Center Church. So come on the journey with us. Come muck in. Ask God, speak to him. Be led by the Holy Spirit. And the last thought around that. It's number one, be led by the Holy Spirit. Number two, get your hands dirty. Come chip in financially, be part of the journey with us. And thirdly, and I, I want to finish with this one. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Spirit of the Lord is, and when the Spirit, the Lord is the Spirit, and when the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And one of the reasons we're doing this going forward is we don't want anyone to, to feel like I have to. Friends, we get to be with Jesus. We have a Savior who has paid such an incredible cost for us. 
And I want to say to all of us, stay free. Stay free in the season. Stay celebrating. We've been in a bit of a wilderness, and maybe we're sort of coming out the edge, and we're starting to see the trees on the horizon a little bit. But the Holy Spirit has led us, and he's been with us every step of the journey. Stay free. Please don't do anything from compulsion. Please don't rock up on a Sunday with a, you're feeling like there's a gun to your head, like you have to. If you're not comfortable, if, you are, if you're feeling concerned or worried for your health, please feel free to stay at home. I mean that. Stay free. Around this financial thing, if you've been through it in a really tough space and, and there's just absolutely no way and you don't feel led, be free. I, I mean that. I'm saying all of this stuff. Stay free in what God has for us. We want him to walk and step with the Holy Spirit as much as possible. When he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Thank you so much for joining us. You might be asking yourself the question, how can I take this further? Firstly, you can send us your contact details to cindy at centerchurch.co.za where we can include you in our online connect groups and you can receive our daily devotional. Secondly, you can hop on our website where you can access previous sermons and find out more about who we are at Center Church. Thirdly, if you consider yourself as part of Center Church, we want to thank you so much for your ongoing financial partnership. The banking details are on the website. Thank you so much for joining us and hope you have an amazing Sunday.